You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 109. And I'm joined by Jacoby Gaylord, and we are ready to talk some hunting, just like we do every single week. What are we talking about today? Well, we're going to do some Q&A. We're going to okay. do some, some Q&A, but before that, and I've got I've to haze you a little bit about not having your trail cam set up, dude. It's middle, oh, we're not it's talking about middle this. middle of August, dude. What the heck? So, this place, it's a private piece. I already know what's going on, right? And normally, yes, I would already have... Can you hear those dogs? Barely. You're good. Okay, good. This is the latest I've been hanging cameras, like waiting to hang cameras. But the thing is, is I had a cell cam and I've already complained about this before. If you want to hear the full complaint, you can go a few podcasts back and listen to the, uh, to the, the full rant. rant. Yeah, the full rant. So I'm not going to get into that. So I had a cell cam and I planned on putting it out when it was raining because that's kind of our, our tactic to put them out whenever it's it's raining so that way you don't try to bust anything out you can go in there quiet and it'll rinse we think all the scent off that's the thing that's what i was trying to do and here in oklahoma we went on like a it seemed like a two-month dry spell of triple digits and we finally got our first rain and i go to set up my camera and i was fiddling with it for Five plus hours and one hour that was on customer service listening to their beautiful advertisements on there. And uh, it's a stealth cam, by the way. And long story short, never figured it out. So I don't really want to hang just a regular SD cam in there because I am going to order me a Tacticam or two and try to get those set up and thrown in there. So that's just that's just the way it's going to be because... I really don't want to go in there and bump and put my scent out in there because I feel like I've already got this deer pattern from the last couple of years. Well, and your bedding area is very, very small. So where are the two acres? If that, if, if that. that, so where the stand is, it's like probably 40, 45 yards from like where they would start bedding. So that's the reason I'm not like too, too worried about going in there. And as we all know, you can have all the summer picks in the world, but as soon as that first bit of pressure gets it out in the fields, those summer deer are two completely different animals. There you got summer deer and then you got the fall deer. So either way, I mean, it sucks. I'd rather have cameras out there to do the work for me, but it is what it is. Speaking of cameras going out there doing the work, me and Carol's cameras over at the lease this week. Oh, okay. I've been putting up more work than Popeye eating a can of spinach, son. I mean, <laughs> they've been going hard. Y'all got some nice ones. We have some good ones. I think there is, I think we, we totaled it up. There was like five or six deer that we would shoot. And this is not a very big property. So five or six bucks that you would shoot between two people. I think we're in. I think we're in pretty good shape. Biggest one. We need to put it in front of God and everybody right now. I'm going to say 164. All right. Maybe. What's your call out? 
man, I don't know. We have this deer that is, he's probably only 14 inches wide. He is not very wide. No. But he's not very tall either. So you're probably starting to wonder, well, how is he big? <laughs> he has really big beams and he's amazing. He has decent mass. Decent mass. He's a mainframe six by six with a split eye guard on one side. And he's, I believe he's a deer that we had last season too on camera. And he just, he's got 13 points and every single one of them are good. Every one of them are probably seven plus and not every one of them, but you know, most of them are like seven plus. And I just think that adds up pretty quick on a score. So I, I don't know. I'm, I think, I think like 160 in there. So I think, I think you need to pop the picture up right here in between us and let the TikTok audience guess. You know, you'll get what I love about putting deer pictures on there is like people, you can get anywhere from like 110 to 185. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah. That's what I say we do. I say you pop the picture up right here, have the TikTok audience guess, and the closest. The person with the closest score gets a free link to our website on the merch, and they can buy themselves a hat. <laughs> what a what a reward! How does that sound? <laughs> we'll send the link to you directly. Exactly. We'll we will DM you the link so you can buy yourself a hat. Hey, dude! Now that we uh, now that we actually got some hat inventory, it's it's time for people to pick up the hats. I don't. Have we ever? Hold on. Have we ever talked about the merch on the podcast before? I don't think so. I, I think we just kind of goofed around saying stupid stuff that we just said, but other than that, I don't think so. We have Leather Patch, Richardson 112s, and then I don't know what the other one is, the multi-cam hat. We have these really nice fitted like trucker-style hats on huntersadvantagemerch.com. We'll also have the link in the description here, but we got hats, and they're really nice. About to have hat. some shirts up whenever whenever someone can get some pictures. Put up yep. on the website. We got some shirts, um, Hunter's Advantage shirts, just regular uh, next level tees. These are very comfortable. They are comfortable. Very and comfortable. See, there is a uh, like a caution tag in the back where it says like 100% cotton or whatever. It's not 100% cotton, but you, you get it. Right under where it says machine washable, it also says caution made from boyfriend material. So what I'm saying is. If you buy one of these shirts, you might not wear it out in public until either after deer season has started or you've already tagged out. Because if any women see you in one of these shirts, it's going to be a you, problem. It's going to be a problem. You might not have as much time as you want to hunt, if that makes sense. You're so, going to have people flocking. That's so that that's our advice. Just be careful. Wear it sparingly. Be careful. You wear this in a bar. You know, dudes will either try to fight you because you're so good looking or you're just not going to have room in your pickup for all the women that 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 wants to go home with you. So. <laughs> so we say all that to say I'm saying all this with a straight face. I'm dead serious. It's true. It's caution. Like we've got press merch. me. Hunters of com if you guys want to check out the merch. But well, let's let's get into the Q&A. What do you say, Jake? Let's do it. All right. So question number one comes from Stud Blood. No walking. Matthew, is it Peoples? I don't know. Or Pebbles? I, I, I don't even know his real name. It's not on this. It's this Matthew P E E B L E S. 
Pebbles. Pebbles. Matthew Pebbles. He says, if you could only hunt one state, and it was between Florida and Vermont, which one are you picking? And he said deer hunt, that is. Go ahead. What do you think? Well, we talked about this a little bit before we started this podcast. And my first would have been Georgia, but you picked that apparently first. You can take Georgia. Okay, I want to take Georgia after I go to Florida and hunt with Matthew. Why would you pick Georgia? It can't be seek one either. Damn you. Um, because I heard it was a good state. Go Bulldogs. That's some good deer in Georgia. That's it, yeah. I mean, I've heard good things. Dang. Easily influenced by the crowd. So what's yours? If I had to pick one, I would say... Not that's not Georgia. I would probably pick Pennsylvania because one, it's the big woods. I think it's similar to the sum of the stuff that we aren't. And two, I, even though people say like Pennsylvania has a lot of hunters and I know it does, you know, there is big deer. There's big deer in Pennsylvania. Might get, get away from the orange army. I'm not really sure to be honest. That's true. But That's that's why we're trying to branch out. That way we know for sure. I would not be hunting during Orange Army season for the most part. So, all right. That's what Next question is from Huntworks. He said, I guess I'll do another serious one. Uh, rolling eye emoji. Are you getting up the tree in the dark with me? If I know the tree slash spot I'm hunting, I try to be settled and ready to hunt before daylight. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't see a scenario where I wouldn't want to be in the tree before um, before it gets light. So he, what he means is in the dark. On public, 100%. I like to get out there even earlier than I would on private just because it feels like when you don't know exactly where you're going, you're sort of you're making more noise than you normally would. And I like to have that 30 minutes at least of like calm, dark, and that let it, to me it feels like that lets it settle down a little more on private also gives you time to catch your breath yeah that's <laughs> on private it feels like one of the issues i would run into in private getting in or too early is that deer are still eating at the places that i'm hunting so for instance we run do we do run some feeders on a couple of my leases and getting in there too early it kind of seems Kind of seems like you can do a lot of harm that way, but a lot of people don't hunt, you know, mornings over feeders. I do. I just hope they're not there. You might as well if you're not screwing well. anything up. Uh, yeah, I agree. I would rather be in the stand before daylight, but it's not the worst thing if you're not in there right or you're not already set up before daybreak. Because, for instance, in 2020, when we were checking out that that uh, the, the Booner spot, we walked in uh, as it was still getting gray light, right? Because we, we were getting set up and the birds were already out, squirrels were already out and all that stuff. And it was just that that gray light. And five minutes after we get sit down and, and ready, it was already completely daylight. And that's when that buck came out. So it's not the worst thing. I'm good at picking trees. Shit. Gosh, dang, I'm good at picking trees. Okay, Lord. That's you're, been the you're, you're just tired of walking. Let's be honest. That's been the kill tree, though. That tree's been deadly, and I picked it. So there was one buck, two buck, three buck, and then four buck. So that one you shot at 74, 
my first public buck, the Boone, and then the Big Seven for Carroll. And then last year, same exact tree had that mid-120s walk by that wasn't able to get a shot at. Tree's been deadly. That's a deadly tree. That, that tree is something. So if you guys if you guys want to send me your public land pins and make me pick a tree, I can help you. Mm. Not off on X, though. I, $25. <laughs> I would not be able to pick it on X. It'd have to be on the ground. Um, so a hanky hunts. And at question number three asks, large deer or largest deer you have ever hunted and not been successful in hindsight. What is it? What is an area you think you messed up hunting him and in, in that you could change? So largest deer you have ever hunted and not been successful. Is this talking about like not even getting an opportunity at him or getting the opportunity and you just kind of screwed it up? You think either way, I mean, you hunted and didn't work. So successful. I think, I think for me and it was by pure luck, I didn't even know the deer was there would have been on public like my maybe third or fourth time if that down on where we hunt now i was sitting down that one road and it was between you and jared hayes and jared hayes sat there literally the day before or the yeah the evening before because this was this was the next morning and again i don't have on x or anything like this at the time and how long ago was this 2017 2017 okay yeah so i definitely didn't have on x uh yeah i'm like i don't know what do you think 100 100 yards away from you maybe and then same away from jared maybe maybe uh so i'm sitting there i'm struggling getting up the tree so it's already daylight of course by the time i get all set up because this is when we first started self-filming so i had no earthly idea how to how to set up the camera arm how to like where to place it between the climb or anything like that. You you so, set up, but this is the best part. You set up and then you sit down and like the camera's like at your nose level. And yes, like, because, yeah, exactly. No, it would be at my nose level if I stood up. <laughs> that's during, during this time, that's the way I set it up. And I was just like, I didn't know because last year and stuff and the year before I had to put it between the climber. So between my top piece and the bottom piece, that's where I put the camera arm. But anyways, Getting back to the story, I was sitting there not planning on seeing anything because I was in between two two bozos. And I was like, well, my thinking at the time was if the deer walks down this way, you're going to get the shot. And if deer walks around that uh, to my right, Jared's going to get the shot. And so I was basically sitting there just taking in the morning, basically, was what I thought. And then I heard something walk up behind me. And I was like, huh. Turn and look around. And it was a butt of a deer. And at this point, it didn't matter. Buck, doe, anything like that. I was going to fling an arrow. So uh, I just kind of get ready. I look up and realize that my camera arm's like three feet above my head. And I was like, well, not turning you on. And all of a sudden. Really committed to the filming. Well, I, I mean, what, what am I going to do? At, at this point, that, that deer was like maybe 25 yards from me, just behind me. And it was started coming up to my left. Uh, just coming into this little clear cut, I guess you would call it. And, uh. Yeah, pokes his head out, and I just see a handful of tines on each side. And I'm like, huh. And I don't really remember how many points it had. I think maybe 12. And uh, pokes its head out and comes down that tree line, walks directly at me. And again, it, it seems like it's like a ritual. As soon as I see a big deer, we both make eye contact like immediately after seeing, seeing it. 
And uh, so we make eye contact for a second, and it blows me a kiss goodbye. Starts trying to trot off. You know how 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 a, like a deer does that slow turn before it starts like about the haul butt. So as soon as it was doing that, it started prancing, like trying to go way around me and throw out the old fashioned pull back, shoot. And I've said this before, that was the most pretty shot. I I was the most sure I was going to kill that deer when I released that arrow. I was like, this is the this is the best I've ever shot. This is the most confident I've, I've ever been. Release the arrow. Again, he's he's kind of quartered away from me, just slightly, just slightly. Put it right behind the, the broadside shoulder, and it gets stuck in the opposite shoulder. And as soon as, as soon as this thing hits, it starts trying to take off running. It can't put its right leg down because because the arrow is like uh, stuck in there, and it lets out this and just screams. And then it like trips itself up, starts doing a ditch digger. If you don't know what a ditch digger is, look it up. And it does that for probably five yards, gets up, and takes off through the tall grass. Long story short, never found it. So that was probably the biggest one that got away. We had trail cam base of that year, though. Yeah, but we lost them. Well, they're somewhere. I- this deer was a mainframe 12, 6x6. Six six. Um, he reminds me a lot of the deer that I shot in southwest Oklahoma in 2019, but he, more he about points. the same width, I think. Yep. And that deer was only 13 and 7 eighths inch wide. So this deer was really narrow, but gosh dang, if you guys know anything about scoring deer, it doesn't really matter how, I mean, it does matter on a few inches, but it's not like you get like several width measurements. This deer was at least upper upper 40s. That's where I'd put it. Because when I say it looked like a full hand, like your thumb not even including the brow tine, like there was just a full hand up there. And those tines were, were pretty tall. And the reason I know it was for sure that, that deer, because the trail cam pick, one of the tines, I believe it was on the left side, was broke on the trail cam picture. And sure enough, I, I remember seeing that, that broke tine. And as soon as I seen that, I was like, that's that deer. So... He was the one that got away. That would have been my first public land buck, too. He broke my heart. Yeah. No, that would have been a great public land buck, too. It's It still would be an awesome one today. I mean, yeah, that was an awesome buck. What about you? Uh, dude, I don't know. You know you know all my hunting stories. Which one is it for me? The biggest buck. What did you learn about? What did you learn in that hunt, by the way? Oh, uh, so... Get a dog. Two things. Yes, yes. So, yeah, at the time, we were super new to to the public land, right? And uh, I, I didn't have Onyx, and I wasn't really comfortable, like, being down there, right? So we were out there for a while trying to find it, but sooner or later, you just lost blood. Two things. First, self-filming-wise, self-filming, filming wise, get comfortable with your setup and everything involving your setup. So if you're trying to self-film, get comfortable with where you want to put the camera arm because that, that that was a big one. And then number two is dogs are there for a reason. Tracking dogs are there for a reason. Now, at the time, I probably didn't have no money to pay for a track dog, but, you know, that that would have been it. Like Because I think all we did is is look for it. I mean, don't get me wrong. We were, we were there forever, it seemed like, looking for it, but... When we lost blood, we didn't we didn't realize we could use a dog. So, 
It is what it is. Dude, the dog. The dog would have found it. That I'm I'm almost confident. Like I'd put money on it that, that deer expired. Yeah. You know, you hear a lot of people say, um, Oh, this deer lost so much blood. There's no way that this deer is still alive. No, this this was one of those instances. And we tracked the deer. I think we ended up it was like seven or eight hundred yards. We tracked him and it was good blood. And that's what's weird about blood trails, right? Is but I didn't get a full pass through, right? You didn't. You didn't. So it was only that one side, and the arrow was for sure buried in there. So there's a reason there wasn't great blood. I think it was it was good though. The whole time we tracked, it was just when it got bad, it was gone. It was pretty much over. That's one of the ones you're walking. You're you know stand up. You're like blood here, blood here, blood here, and you're walking for 10, 15 minutes. And you're like, man, it got to be like right here. You know, yeah, like, this deer's got to be gone. Ray Charles could could have followed the blood trail. Yeah, that kind of thing, and then it just stops. And what sucked about that deer was one. I know we could have found it with a dog. We were like 18 or 19 years old. I hope no one takes this the wrong way on the podcast. We always talk about our mistakes, but I feel like it would be really easy to not talk about the mistakes and just kind of move past them. But everything we're ta- we talk about on this podcast, we're only 25 now. We're still learning. And yes. every question that, or like scenario that you hear us talk about and mistakes, these are things that have happened in the last decade. Well, that's the thing. 15 seems like everybody wants to know mistakes. Like that's like our top comments or top questions is like, Hey, how'd y'all fail at this? And it's just like, yeah, we're, we're going to be honest with you. We're going to tell you our mistakes. If you want to hear about the good times, ask us, ask us good questions or like, I'm not saying that wasn't a good question, but ask us successful questions and then you'll hear successful stories. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like, I have a, I have like eight shoulder mounts. You want to ask me about any of those? It's like, no, tell me about the time that you killed or you didn't kill the big one. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> do I have a story for you? Well, no, we, we could have got that deer. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is there's more, it's hunting. There's going to be more failures than success. I hope if anyone learns like anything from us, it's that there is more failure than there is success. Like imagine going through an entire season and you just get your face beat in for 30 straight days. You do 30 sits in a row, dust, you know, dust till dark. And on the 31st sit, you shoot a 150. People might be like, man, he's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> he's lucky. You know what I mean? It's, and that's individual for each person, but it seems like that's the, that's the, where people go first. It's like, oh, he got lucky or, um, you're going to fail a lot more than you're going to be successful. And that's what, that's what I like about hunting. I will agree. Was I lucky? Yes. Very lucky. I'm always lucky. So what's your largest deer you have ever hunted and not been successful? I, I, what are you thinking for me? I mean, this is probably going to be like in the close, but no cigar segment. That's when I'd be thinking. You're uh, head. Yes. There's bigger deer that I've hunted that I haven't killed, though. I assume it, for entertainment-wise, it'd be one you like seen on hoof or something. Mm. Because I think I, I think everybody's had great ones on trail camera, and then that's true has been a ghost in the field. I think the biggest one that I have hunted and I have not uh, not got, and I've actually seen in person, was the one that I shot in the head and 
this deer was about 140 something inch eight and people hear that and i, I already know some people are like bs 140 inch eight no it was it was 140 inch eight this had he had 13 inch twos you probably, could pop up the picture right here too yeah probably 11 or 12 inch threes and good eye guards great beams decent mass I and mean, he was 140 inch eight but i was hunting down um on public and in oklahoma and the thing was i had just shot two two does out of this stand the night before and we drug them out of here and i had just bought a psc stinger x which if anyone knows which bow that is it's like the 399 dollar one you can get at academy and if you know anything about academy that's not where you want to go to get your bow set up but i did and it worked for two uh two does the evening prior you know i was not nervous at all i shot both those deer and i was like awesome this is this is great i love this bow you know i literally bought it like the week before so you're saying the bow is what is what caused the nope, i'm i'm getting into it okay. now it, it was not the bow but i say that to say i had not practiced very much with the bow i had just got i had just got it and this buck i i see him kind of skyline on top of this clear cut and i remember when i saw him i was just like well that's the biggest deer i've ever seen like that's immediately what i thought and he was up there skyline and you know how big they look when they're on the skyline i was like wow dude that's a big buck i knew no one would believe me so i pulled out like my freaking android i think that i had <laughs> at the time and i like i i like snapped a photo of him and i like zoomed in like eight times and all you, you all you can see is like the outline of the horns and I took a picture of him at about 75 yards and then it seemed like he disappeared for five minutes. Well, I looked behind me at one point, I hear like a stick break and he's coming in at like 40 yards. I grab my bow and I'm in this climber and I have to turn. Goodness. Um, I have to turn all the way around to shoot him. And in a climber, that's pretty hard. So I turned all the way around to shoot him. He, he comes in and he breaks out of the brush at like 20 25 yards and i draw back on this buck and i'm on i'm on his vitals and per, basically as soon as the pen touches the vitals i'm like you know trusty uh righty the ricky here or something the the trigger finger i'm like slam that trigger and when because i slammed the trigger the arrow was going to go in front of his brisket like right in front i mean it was probably a foot and a half, two foot from where I was aiming. And well, his head was down when I shot. And as I'm shooting, his head like starts to turn to look up at me. And that arrow was going to sail right in front of his brisket, but it hit him right square in the noggin, right in the noggin. And he stuttered. He like st stepped back like eight steps. And it looked like, dude, it looked like Tyson and just like hit him with like a right hook. Like he was stumbling. And he was running through the brush, and the only thing I could see when he was running through the brush was my arrow, which had had like half an inch of penetration just dangling out of the grass. Went up, looked for looked for him, found my arrow with the insert broken out about 100 yards away. Zero blood, nothing. And I had little confidence that I was going to recover that deer because if you hit him in the head and they don't drop, I don't think anything's going to happen later. Might have gave him a concussion, but no, I think that deer survived. A little headache.
So what'd you learn from that? Just basically shoot two does and then a big one will come out. I wish that was the way it was. <laughs> I learned, I learned, man, I, I don't know if I learned anything other than keep going in that because how old were you? I was in college. I think it was 19, 19. So I was still really green as a bow hunter. And the thing is, is like, what, what am I going to tell them? I tell myself, be more calm. Okay. You have 140 inch deer in front of you. The biggest deer you probably ever killed is 105 inches. How do you be calm? You know, how do you collect yourself? Well, I would say don't punch the trigger, but at the time I didn't know any better. I had no idea you weren't supposed to punch the trigger. Everyone I knew punched the trigger, you know, no, no one I knew talked about anchor points or the correct draw length or arrows. Shoot. Did we used to have no arrow debates? No one used to ever debate arrows. Just like yeah. what arrows you got. Cool. Yeah. The good old days, but I didn't get that deer. So that was probably the, probably the closest one that, um, I've been to that. I didn't get done or that's the biggest one that I didn't, didn't capitalize on. Sadly. So, Michael. Oh, you got it. Oh, no, no, no. Did I just ask the last one? Yes. All right. You got it. So Michael Stefano. I think, I think he's commented before. I think I'm so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. What's up, Michael? Uh, so this is my second year of hunting. So why do I always get the ones with, with, with no like punctuations? So this is my second year of hunting. So is a big field. Oh, okay. Well, it ain't so bad. Actually, I'm just dumb. So this is my second year of hunting. So is a big field or a valley a better area to hunt? Man. I would, okay. Yeah, go ahead. This is pretty broad, but second Michael, year hunting big field or a Valley. Is it better or neither? Hmm. Michael, I'd probably let the deer tell me which one was better. And, but what I mean by that is where, where have you seen the deer? Where is the sign for the deer? If you have hang, hung trail cameras, where do the deer use? Um, there is certain scenarios where a valley is better than a field. And there's certain scenarios where a field is better than a valley. It depends. This is, and is it a winter wheat field? Is it a Creek bottom that you're talking about? That's a valley. I, I don't really know, but if I had to just give you one piece of advice, it would probably be just find deer sign. And if you can't afford cameras, hunt deer sign. And if there's no sign in the fields, hunt the valley. If there's no sign in the valley hunt the fields where there's where there's sign just go where you can find some sign that's it's it's too it's too vague to give you anything more specific than that yeah i tried to look and see where he was from but it doesn't say but from looking at his tiktok he looks like he's maybe maybe 13 or 14 heck yeah my dude so get out there and mess it up if you're hunting a field or a valley i would say rifle season is your time to shine because that's that's where I would be during rifle season for sure. So, yeah. Well, if he's bow hunting, what would you recommend for him? So, I had a similar situation, right? So, at my grandparents' land, that's the way I used to go because they had a little strip of timber alongside a creek, and I kept setting up on a little divot on the outside of that of like all that timber overlooking a, hay, a uh, hay meadow. And I shot a buck off there before, and I've seen a little bit of doe, 
But when I really started to get in the money was when I, it didn't have to be far. I probably went in to the timber, maybe, maybe 40 yards, if that. And the difference in how they acted and how many I've seen did not compare to overlooking that field. And it might've just been on the setup because I could see the road from where I sat and uh, like overlooking that field. So I don't know if we have some uh, unsportsmanlike people and they've taken shots from the road before. Very, very possible. Very likely, I would say. Very likely, yes. And uh, so that might have been one of the reasons. But yeah, for the most part, I've seen more of my deer in the timber. Now, I don't know how you're set up. If you have a vast amount of timber, it could be different. You might have to go in a little bit further and maybe find those trails and some sort of sign. But if it's just like a little strip, kind of like, I hope I painted a good picture in your head. Uh, that's what I would do. I would try to go in the timber because more than likely those deer will feel safer there than out in the field. That's a good point. I think there, you, you should probably find some bedding because the, the valley could be bedding. There could be bedding in the valley and there could be bedding in the field, right? Like if it's a field that's two inches tall, that's a lot different than a, you know, a seven foot tall switchgrass field that they yeah, in all the time. Definitely depends what it's planted in. Yeah. Or if it's planted at all. So man, go out there, hunt. And the thing, good thing is you got all season. So if you don't do well in the Valley and you see them all in the field, you make the adjustment. I love that 13, 14 year old version. That that's a fun age to start, to start bow hunting. Cause you're going to make a lot of mistakes and that's okay. Yes. Yes. And I think it's like you're at that point where if you're in school, your practices are like in the morning. And so as soon as you leave school or whatever, and you don't have like any weekend responsibilities, you can hunt whenever you want if your parents will drive you. You're dang right. Well, that's all the uh, that's all the questions. I went through an old video and made sure there wasn't any extra questions there. And I did I did post on posted a Q&A on Instagram, but I don't, I'm going to check it real quick, make sure we didn't get any comments there. Let's take a quick look. Well, get some. Oh, we did. Um, well, a guy said, a guy named ZP Fishing said, have you hunted around, or have you hunted any public or private land around Ardmore, Oklahoma area? Is it Zach Porter? Click, click on his profile. Uh, ZP Fishing. Let me check real quick. Zach Porter. Let's take a look. Nope, Zach Phillips. Hmm. Okay, never mind. Well, because we have a Zach Porter on TikTok. Oh. That yeah. uh that comments pretty frequently. I keep up with that stuff. So, you know, if you want your name possibly mentioned in this podcast from a very two handsome but dumb individuals, we keep up with that. We keep up on who comments, who likes, all that stuff. So yeah, we keep the community. We know who's in the community. So Zach Phillips asked that, have we done any private or public land hunting around Ardmore, Ardmore. Oklahoma? And I just looked on his profile. He's got this buck on that he that he killed near Ardmore last season. So where exactly is Ardmore? That's I think it's down by the city. It's kind of what I'm wondering too. Oh, Ardmore's really south, uh, off down by thirty five. It's down by uh Almost like Thackerville, 
by down by Davis where Falls Creek is. It's probably two hours south of the city. No, I we've done no hunting down down there. But if he's inviting us out to private hunt, yeah, heck yeah, we'll hunt in Ardmore. Yeah. Why not? Creature of opportunity. Damn, that is way south. Yes, it is. Jake's in the northeast corner, so he didn't want to drive that far is the is the short answer. I mean, you send me some good trail cam picks and some bush apples, we can have a good time. Yeah, I'll say that, dude. You bring us the 30 of bush apple and we'll probably come <laughs> hunt with you. We don't have to say anything. Hell, you, we see one, we're actually going to see two, if you know what I'm saying. Double vision. What you, <laughs> I was like, no, no, what are you saying? <laughs> I need help. Explain, explain your joke. If it's 96 degrees, though, and you bring some bush apples, dude, it's going to be a bad day to be a bush apple. So <laughs> just to if, get, if no deer will be harvested, there will be multiple expired beer cans, if you know what I mean. Here's my thing. I've been so ever since you started bringing those to camp, I have not been able to find them anywhere. Do you can the you still find edition. them? Can you still find them at the woodshed? Yes. You might I, need to start putting some in the fridge right now. There's that, and then uh, Sam's had them last time I was there up in Sam's in Joplin. I've been looking at all the gas stations for those. You like and, those? Dude. So, so, okay, go ahead. Anytime I mention to someone, they're like, Bush Apple. They're like, oh, I bet that's super sweet. And I'm like, not really. It's a little sweet, but not really. If you want sweet, you drink not your father's root beer, because you can only drink like three of those, and then you get like gut rot. But those bush apple, it's just like you can eat them with pancakes or you can drink them with pancakes. You can drink them with an energy drink. Hashtag rotation. Yep. And then uh, just all around. And like it's a hint of apple, but it's not like so much. We're just like, I feel like I'm drinking apple juice. No. And I don't like bush light in the like at all. So that's why I was really happy to find the bush apple. because I was like, oh. Nice. This is cheap. So I I think the only reason you're not finding them is because they're limited edition. Maybe. Or maybe that just not a lot of people drink them down in Texas. I don't know. That's a problem. Northeast Oklahoma. That's where bush thrives. That's right. All types of bush. It could be pumpkin spice bush. And people will be like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's no keystone, but it'll do. (laughs) We got one more question from Instagram. T.I. Morris said, how does hunting affect your golf game? My hunting. golf game will be non-existent during hunting season. So, I can tell you that. yeah, yeah. I still watch Good Good, like, about every time I get home from work or something and I'm, like, eating, I'll turn on Good Good or something like that. But, yeah, no, my, my, my golf game's not good. It's never been good, and it, and it probably won't ever be good. So You're okay with that? As of now. We have an inappropriate question if you want me to read it. You might as well. Let's go. Yeah. I trust people that are listening to this podcast are mature enough to deal with this. Caleb underscore from OK. He said, instead of antlers, what's the biggest set of nuts you've gotten from a buck? <laughs> I don't think it's something that I've really measured. I've never like flipped over now, and like, look at the nuts on that guy. Okay. I give credit where credit's due, right? Okay. And the most impressed the most impressive set of nuts I've ever seen would probably be on a hog okay 
one of the hogs you shot at, at uh, the public land piece. I about said it. That thing had a massive, a massive. The ones I shot, the one I shot last year. It might have been last year or like like two years ago or something. I don't I don't remember. It might have been up at Caw. I don't I don't mind saying that one because that place can get shot out for all I care. <laughs> it's going to regardless. It, yeah, yeah. Let's not. say Caw, Oklahoma, is like like a couple hours north of Stillwater. <laughs> Please try to hunt it. But that place has some piggies, and that might have been where I seen the giant set of nuts. But as soon as that question, as soon as you said that question, that's the first thing that popped in my my head was uh, pig nuts. So I was like, yep. But buck wise, I don't know. Man, I think uh, you think the bigger the body, the bigger the 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 sack on a, on no, a deer, right? I'm five ten. Exactly my point. I mean, well, look, you know, yeah, you know. <laughs> but listen to this. So the other day, Claremore, I had Hammett House in Claremore. They have is that a turkey? No, it's like a Clanton's. It's like an American diner. Okay. They have lamb. Uh, fries and turkey fries so you know similar to like calf fries but mm-hmm. turkey and lamb and they soak them in butter before you eat them and before they, they fry them dude it got me thinking what would a set of deer nuts taste like deer fries you could try it and then and then tell like lauren these are venison fries do you think she'd know what those are probably not well there you go she's like how do you how do you make fries out of meat like mm? Special kind of meat. <laughs> you think they'd be bad? We can try it. We can why, try it. Why would they be bad? That's my argument. It's a terrible argument. It has no depth. You know, why, why would they be? Free range nuts. That's like, I, I would think that'd be pretty good. If anything, we can cut them off. And this be something good to ask Justin because I, I feel like Justin has 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 tried this before. But think about this: when the rut's going on or the pre rut and the testosterone's raging, do you think that make them taste worse? Maybe he doesn't identify as a male, so I couldn't tell you. That's true. If they find out that, like human fries are good or something, I'll be like, dude, I identify as a female. So <laughs> there's nothing here for you. Uh, We're rambling. That's that's all we got. That's all the questions we had today. That was fun. I like that tangent. It's we're gonna try some venison fries this season. I think we need to do and heck, we can even make a video on it. Our first our first experience with venison. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out and listening to the podcast. Maybe a few housekeeping things before we go. All right. Give us a couple. So I, we've already talked about this, but I think we need to do a full Q&A segment. Like I know we've been rambling for like 45 minutes already, but it'd be nice to have like those constant questions where we'd have to almost like go in at, at like a, like a speed run sort of deal where we can't spend too much time on, on a topic. So to help us out, starting now, when you hear this, if you want to DM us on Instagram or something like that, or TikTok, whenever we post TikTok questions, let's try to fill up a whole podcast. We can get Carol on here, and we can just go through and just do a whole Q&A segment. Just that'd be fun. So, yeah, that'd be really fun. All right, what's your other housekeeping item? Hey, if you want to go see my trophy room tour, my office tour, mm. live on YouTube now, Go check it out. Hunter's Advantage YouTube. If you want to see some small deer on the wall. That's a good teaser for like like my my trophy room tour. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you want to see something cool? You ever seen a uh that's like a Daniel Boone. Yeah, no, it's a it's a Daniel Boone 
Pope and Young. That's what that is. Heck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Go check out the YouTube. Leave us a review on the podcast. And that's all we got for you guys. Jesus loves you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.